You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about Grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Like I have to tell you guys, I didn't know that I would love the book of Genesis because it's in the Old Testament, in the beginning of it. And so, but over this series, like I have really, really fallen in love in the conversations we're having and the conversations you're having in your small groups, and just the questions, read, like this is really, really fun to me. And uh, I can tell it's fun to y'all too. Um, but it, it's, it, I hope that as you're going through Genesis, you're sort of seeing themes, right? And the theme of, of the first part was that God created a world that was good, right? A good God created a good world, and we kind of fouled it up. But God still loves us and still blesses us and is still amazingly gracious, even in the midst of that. And so that was the theme of the first part. Then we go to, and we saw this, a flood story. And in the flood story, the theme is that, that God, uh, he's, he, he's just and righteous, and so there will be consequences for actions. But even in the midst of a world where there was no goodness, God still sustained a portion of that world. And what we learned from that was the wrong question to ask is, why do bad things happen to good people? The right question to ask is, why does any good happen in a world full of bad people? And as we're seeing that, as we're asking a different question, we're getting a different response and we're ending up in a different place. And so today we're going to continue on with our theme. And the theme of, of this message today and the theme of where we're going in Genesis today is this. And, and I, I feel like this will connect with some of us. It connected with me. Let me say, I believe that God, and I think most of us believe this, God has a fundamental foundational will for the world that will come to pass. One day this world will be returned to the Eden it was designed to be, right? One day I think most of us believe that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is the Lord. That is going to come to pass. That is his sovereign foundational will for the world. But God also has a will for the individual humans in this world. For each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose. And so even though his full will for the world will come to pass, sometimes his will for our lives doesn't come to pass because we settle for what we can take instead of waiting for what God will give. And I think the theme we're going to see today is that that God desires to bless you. But many of us miss out on those blessings because we settle for the blessing we can get, the one we can take, instead of waiting for the blessing God wants to give. We settle for illegitimate blessings, and we don't receive the legitimate blessing that our Father wanted to hand us. Man, you see this all through Genesis. We're going to go back to Genesis 1 today, so if you've got your Bible, uh, we're going back to Genesis 1, right when he creates mankind. It's, I think it's around like verse, uh, let's see, where am I? 27. And so I have to take my glasses off to read now. Are any of y'all at that place in life? Yeah. It's like, I, like I can still see y'all, but I don't know. I don't, y'all don't care. So um, this is not my eye appointment. All right, so Genesis 1. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. I want y'all to hold on to that word. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you, remember that, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit within it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. 
So God says, listen, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I'm going to bless you. Anything you want, you'll have all the food you want, plants, animals, everything you need, I will give you. That's the blessing. So who's doing all the work here? God. Everything you need. That, that's, that's the promise blessing is that God will give. And with the promise blessing comes a command. Genesis 2, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat for it, you will die. All right, so he says, you can have anything. Remember, I'm blessing you. I'm giving you everything you need to experience life and have fun and to procreate and to make food. Like, you got it, man. Here you go. Here's your playground. Enjoy yourself. But I need you to allow me to decide what's good and what's evil. I need you to trust my judgment for good and evil over your own. And if you do that, you will experience blessings. And so there's a promised blessing, and then there's a command. And then we get to Genesis 3, 4, and there's a conversation. And I want you all to remember this pattern, a promised blessing, a command, and a conversation. Genesis 3, 4. Uh, Eve's there, and she's talking to the snake, and he says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They got what they wanted, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay, so there's a promised blessing, there's a command, and there's a conversation. And Adam and Eve are having this conversation with evil, a uh, conversation with the devil, and then they're, and they're like, ah, did God really say that? You can do what you want to do. Look at this, man, knowledge of good and evil, it's good, it's yours. And so they saw it, and they said, man, that's good, let's take it. Instead of waiting for what God wants to give them, they take what is not yet theirs to have. And the result of that is pain. Right? The result of that is consequence. And so this week, I want to keep all those things. I know it's a lot, but we're going to come back to them. This week, we're going to meet a guy named Abram. And he, later on, he becomes Abraham. So if I jump back and forth between the name Abram and Abraham, I'm talking about the same guy. And this story, I laughed so hard when I read it this week for so many reasons. And I hope you will do the same, or it will be awkward for me. So just... I'll tell you when the punchline happens. But, but what's going to happen first is God is going to give him a promised blessing. And listen to the language and, and compare it to the language we just heard from Genesis 1. Like, listen to the language in this. Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, that's the command, go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. That's the command. I will make you into a great nation. Here's the blessing. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Wow. I mean, you, you read the story and God should have given up on humanity. But instead he says, no, I'm going to take this one human who we're about to see is incredibly flawed. And I'm going to bless the world through you. And God says, I will take care of you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will defend you. Who's doing all the work here? God. God is pouring out a blessing on Abraham, but there is a command. And the command is, go to the country I'm giving you, 
and wait for me. Watch what Abraham does. Watch how quick this goes south. Genesis 12. Now there was a famine in the land, and the land God gave him. He goes there, and he sees there's no food. So Abraham went to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. He goes to the place God has promised him, where God says, I will protect you, I will provide you. He doesn't see any food in him. He's hungry, so he goes somewhere else. Like that quick. He doesn't see the blessing. He doesn't see the food. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead because there's food over there. And so he goes for the food he can take because he's unwilling to wait for the blessing he is to receive. So he leaves where he's supposed to be. God has told him because he's hungry. And everything is about to get super squirrely because Abraham and his family couldn't wait for dinner. Genesis 12, 11, this conversation right here. Like, I don't know how he brought this up. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about women, but I just can't think this went well. Genesis 12, 11. Okay, okay, hold on. He's, he's going from the place he's supposed to be, and he's going to the place he's not supposed to be. Nothing has happened yet. He's experienced no threats. No one has come to him and said, I'm going to kill you. No one has said, your wife is good looking. No one has said anything like this. He should feel perfectly safe, but he's riding to Egypt, and here's what he says. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, uh, Honey, I know what a beautiful woman you are. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, that's his wife. Then they will kill me, but they'll let you live. So let's just say you're my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake. And my life will be spared because of yours. I'm like, what? He's on the way, he's driving, he's like, hey honey, I was kind of thinking, when we get there, act like you're my sister. Like, how did this go on the ride? I mean, I can't imagine. But what he's, he's afraid that someone's going to want to be with her, like in a, you know, I don't need to spell this one out, do I? Pharaoh isn't looking to make a new friend, you know what I mean? So he's afraid someone's going to want to be with her. And so he says, when we go there, you pretend like you're my sister, and then they'll be nice to me. Genesis 12, 14. When Abram came to Egypt, and the Egyptians saw that Sariah was a beautiful woman, when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace she was taken into his palace. Now, what that's saying again is, you know, Pharaoh's not looking for a friend. This is, this is sexual, just in case I'm not making this clear enough, which I feel like I was. He treated Abraham well for her sake. And Abraham acquired sheep, cattle, donkeys, servants, camels, and food. He gave his wife to another man so that the other man could sleep with her. But he got camels and food and donkeys. The home front just got bad for this guy. Right? And there's a word for men who do this, uh, who, who actually use women and trade women for money and food. And I, and I had an incredible song that I was going to sing y'all to explain it. But my whole staff said, that you cannot sing that song. So I'm not going to. I want to so bad, but I'm not. Because <laughs> every single person at staff meeting was like, oh. But there's a word for men who do that, and they're not making good decisions with women. So, um, Abraham wanted things his own way because he was hungry. He refuses to wait for what God's going to do. So now, 
He's, he's given his wife away for food and camels and donkeys. And everything's just falling apart. He's not where he's supposed to be. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Because he wants the blessing he can take instead of the blessing he was promised to receive. But even in the midst of this, again, we're like, we, what we should see now is like flood 2.0. God should wipe these people off. The, I mean, he, he's doing this to his wife. It's crazy. But God doesn't do it. God doubles down on his covenant and basically says, I'm going to protect you. you can, guys, Abraham is not a hero. At this part of the story, he's a massive failure. And yet God is continuing to protect and provide. And the author of this story, I feel like, and God through this is screaming this message at us. And if you hadn't heard it yet, it's about to get turned up in chapter 16. So here's, here's the conversation now. So God has promised uh, Sariah and Abraham that they're going to have so many descendants, more descendants than stars in the sky. God says, I am going to provide a child for you. Children upon, I mean, blessings upon blessings. I've got you covered. And listen to the conversation in Genesis 16. Now Sariah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children yet. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Like these people need counseling so bad. You just can't do that, right? I mean, it's a very open relationship. I don't know what's going on. But now he's like, you go sleep with the slave. And so instead of waiting for what God is going to do, they're trying to find a shortcut. They want the blessing they can take. And so now they're having a conversation. The conversation is, did God really say he was going to do that? Is God really going to provide? You know, I mean, and maybe it's God who's actually blocking me from having a child. So let's just get this thing done in a different way. So we've had a command and a blessing. And now we've got the conversation in Genesis 16. Abram agreed to what Sariah said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sariah, his wife, took, he, she took the slave and she gave the slave. Y- y'all hear the language? She took the slave. Eve took the apple. She gave it to Adam. This woman takes the slave. She gives it to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and they conceived. Eve took the apple, gave it to Adam. He ate the apple. She took the slave, gave it to her husband. The husband conceived her. I mean, you see, it's a pattern of what's happening. And if you're wondering, I wonder how that turned out. How do you think it turned out? It's a married couple. He's offered her to Pharaoh. She's offered her slave. I mean, this is not a recipe for peace in the home <laughs> at all. It's like, what? It's falling apart because this is what happens. When God promises you a blessing, but you want the blessing you can take rather than the blessing he wants to give. Shortcut, deception, pain, suffering, because we don't want to wait for God. We'd rather settle for scraps that we can get rather than the meal that God wants to give. And we've all done this. I mean, not all of this, I don't think, but we've all done similar things in our lives. We've all cut corners. We've all bent the rules. We've all damaged the relationship. We've all done something because we didn't trust the blessing that God said he would give. And this whole book is full of blessings that God speaks over us. And he speaks them in, in this room on Sunday and through music and through message and through other people. God is speaking a blessing on you. And he's saying, all I want you to do is be obedient to me. 
And if you're obedient to me, I promise you this, I will give you more than you could ever get. But we don't. And we miss out. Hebrews 1, this beautiful passage, it's Hebrews 1, 1, um, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. The essence of faith is not just believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The essence of faith is a belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God to a point where it actually compels you to live your life in such a way where you believe that what God will give you is greater than what you can get without him. Faith is when you believe that what God is going to provide is greater than what you can provide on your own. It's trusting that what you cannot see, which is the blessing. Remember, Abraham went there. He didn't see food. He saw famine. It's trusting that what you cannot see is not the end of the story. It's confidence that what God wants to give is better than what you can possibly get. But we miss it. We don't settle or we do settle. We settle for what we can get. And like, so we, 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 we do little things like fudge on our taxes just a little bit. We know it's wrong. It's a little lot. But I'll get a little more money. Even though God has promised if you trust him with your finances, he will bless your finances. But we still lie and steal. We fudge a little bit in relationships. And we do, you know, we make some decisions that we know we shouldn't. And we go over here and we go over there. And when God's like, no, if you trust me with your relationships, I will grant you fulfillment in it. And we shortchange our jobs and we end up with addictions and we drink too much and all these different things because we don't trust that what God wants to give is better than what we can get. And this is why there's so much pain. This is, this is the human frailty, the human flaw that we all share. We are too impatient. And so we end up with blessings. We end up with stuff, but it's stuff that turns to dust. It's stuff that doesn't matter. That's why the richest person in the world can be the poorest person in the world. That's why you see these superstars, they got everything and they end up broke. That's why you see people who, who you look at and you're like, man, you got everything. Why are you so miserable? They're miserable because the everything they had was the everything they could get on their own. Then you see other people, especially in some other countries, and they have nothing. Yet they have joy that we couldn't possibly understand without five-star accommodations and Wi-Fi. Right? And they don't even have Wi-Fi. Why is that? Because what God can give is better than what you can get. And isn't this one of those things where all of our spirits are going, he's right, and I know he's right, because that's my story. I shortchanged God. I was disobedient in that area. I knew she or he wasn't the right one. I, I knew I wasn't supposed to go. I knew I was supposed to stay, whatever. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew not to, you know, I knew I had to carry the one when I was, but I knew. And I ended up with something. But the something I had didn't bring me life. And that's, that's the message. And that's the truth. And for those who will wait, and for those who will be patient, God will bless you. 
God desires to bless your relationships and God desires to bless your finances and God desires to bless your job and he desires to bless your family, but he does not desire to constantly compete with our impatience and our unwillingness to wait. You got to trust him. And you know what the grace of the story is? Abraham wasn't a hero, but his story ends legendary because even after a thousand failures, he turned back to God and waited. Even after a thousand failures, he got up and tried again. Even after a thousand failures, Abraham was credited as righteous. Do I believe the story of Abraham? Yeah. You know why? Because it's my story. And it's your story. What God wants to give is better than what you can get. Wait and see. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.